Well, hello. It is Wednesday, October the 21st of 2015. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. And you are listening to Wittenberg Radio. And if I sound different, you got me. I got a haircut. Um, <laughs> welcome here. Um, it's nice to have you guys here. Um, yeah. You can always chat with us on Twitter. Um, we're at Wittenberg Radio. Our Facebook page is Wittenberg Radio. Email us at wittenbergradio at gmail.com. Aw, yeah. Is this After Dark? <laughs> this is the After Dark episode this is, here? Yeah, this is the... This is the. Sh- I feel like we just need to like have some jazz in the background, and I need like a cigarette, and uh, <laughs> this just... That, that would have needed... Studios being lit exclusively by candlelight today. <laughs> the records are spinning, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good old cool time. Records are actually going to be spinning. We'll have Matthew Barron in in just a little while with his music pick of the week. Uh, five Year five, still alive and all that good stuff. But before that, we have a monumental event to discuss, don't we, Daniel? Yes. What yes. happened? Outside from my haircut. Well, uh, Jay's won. That's so right. I've heard. That's right. That's the that's the big story in Canada. I know that's right what now. everyone that wanted Jay, to hear about. That the Jays everyone's won. talking about it. Yeah, they had a big win yesterday at Rogers Center. They're down two games to one in the American League Championship Series. Uh, for those of you who don't speak baseball, that just means it's a very good thing that they've they, done well. They've done well. They're doing well, and they're going to continue to do well. I would hope they play again. Uh, they played again uh, last night, Tuesday night, and uh, yeah, hopefully they, they, it's tied. We record these things on Tuesdays. So that's why we only know then secrets out secrets out yeah sorry we're just giving away all kinds no of... we have a we have a new pm now we have a new pm a new pm Holy and some cow. new mps and wow this is amazing first of all did you did you watch the election daniel i i had the the site open with the the, the stats being updated but i didn't wasn't watching any kind of like commentary coverage because i find that stuff pretty inane it's but uh <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty high octane like if you're watching like cbc or vice or ctv or whatever like they were just going ham and like it's really high intense stuff and all kinds of crazy graphics and it was like it's intense i one of my roommates i was watching it with her in uh in our three season room and she just like left and had to go for a run because she was just it was so intense and it was just the Newfoundland numbers at that point. So imagine what it would have been like well, yeah. later on. When I started, I opened up the website at like nine thirty, and then it's big headline at the top: CBC's projecting right. liberal majority. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. that's kind of set in stone Holy now. Holy crap! Or just like looking at the numbers, it's like, well, it's not gonna. Liberals it are going to win for sure. It was amazing to watch this big stream of red just flowing across my across my TV screen. That especially after Atlanta, Canada, I switched to venues. I went to a a goodbye Harper party um, last night, um, and when I left, it was thirty two red seats out of the thirty two Atlanta, Canada seats that they hold that MPs hold, which yeah. was just insane to see. And you could see like. Mansbridge, my dear beloved Peter Mansbridge, the grandfather I never had. Um, <laughs> he was just like, you could, you could hardly, he could hardly contain the surprise, which was amazing um, to watch. But why are we talking about this when we have an analyst right here with us? You may remember last week on our election special, we had analysis from um, all parties here on the show in a long-winded election preview show, and. Um, Micah Zerbe, Vice President, Academic of CMU, presented on behalf of the Liberals, and he joins us once again. Hello, Micah. Thank you, Nolan, for having me. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call myself an analyst. I'm just a guy who says things about stuff sometimes. 
I have seen it. That would say, sorry, <laughs> pundit. Oh, sure. <laughs> watch out, Andrew Coyne. Um, okay, where were you when you watched the election last night, Micah? I was on campus in an apartment watching the uh, entire thing unfold on a laptop. Wow. And Almost front row seats. What, was the, what were the reactions going on around you? Uh, I was thoroughly surprised watching the Liberals take 32 seats almost immediately. Uh, I don't think anybody was really expecting that. No. That just kind of took us by storm. And even watching the uh, popular vote at that point, the uh, popular vote in Atlantic Canada was 60% for the Liberals, which is fairly substantial considering um, what we had expected from them in polls. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's worth mentioning that Atlantic Canada generally votes Liberal to begin with, but not a clean sweep by any stretch. A number of MPs that uh, had stood for a long time, both Conservative and NDP, were ousted. Oh, yeah, the Conservatives had huge losses there. Oh, it, it was amazing to watch, but we'll get to that in a little bit. First of all, uh, what what impressions do you have of this kind of, well, well, what's my question? What are you anticipating will happen in the next few days as Justin Trudeau takes office? Well, he'll be meeting with people like the Privy Council, discussing what the what direction that his government will take mm -hmm. right now. There are a lot of transitional steps that he'll have to take. I'm not an expert in all of that. Right. But there will be a lot of changes, I imagine. Nobody really expected this to be a majority government in any direction. And it wasn't even sure that it would be a liberal direction going into this. So I think many people will be watching this very intently, wondering yeah. where this will actually go now. Mm -hmm. One of uh, An article I read today, uh, there was an article in uh, The Nation, uh, which is a foreign policy magazine, and um, it talked about how Justin Trudeau's win could signal uh, social democratic election, like what to, how his election campaign read as a manual for how social democrats and like how we pu push for social change needs to be done across the world, including in the upcoming mm -hmm. American election, which we will not cover so in depth, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, that's really, really fascinating to see. So 184 seats went down. to the liberals, which is absolutely astounding. They only needed 170 for a majority government and they got it. Um, you have the rundown of all the other ND, of all the other MPs that were elected. Uh, want to share that with everyone? I do, yeah. Recap? 184 for the Liberals, 99 for the Conservatives, taking big hits. 44 for the NDP, even big even hits, hits for the NDP. 10 for the Bloc and only one Elizabeth May for the Greens. But there's something else I'd like to mention about all these numbers. Yes, please. 54% um, of the seats in Parliament are now held by the Liberals. It's what a majority government is, over 50%. Right. 29% for the Conservatives, 13% for the NDP, etc. gets smaller. But what's interesting is when you compare that with the overall popular vote. And in this election, it was startli startlingly obvious how well first-past-the-post worked out for the Liberals. Hmm. They have 54% of the seats in Parliament. Do you know how much would they add for the popular vote? 39%. Wow trailed fairly closely by the Conservatives at 32%. Huh. But they outnumbered in terms of seats acquired by 54 to 
So hmm. very substantial gains for the liberals under the first past the post system, which is very interesting. That is, and will inform part of the discussion going forward. Absolutely. For those of us who um, may be unfamiliar, we talked about this a bit last week on the show. Uh, can we give a quick detail of what first past the post is for those who do not know and why this is so significant for the liberals? First past the post essentially means in any given riding, whoever has more votes than any other person wins the riding. So meaning you don't need to have more than 50% of approval in the riding. You just have to have more votes than any other one person. So you could win a riding with 30% of the vote, potentially even less than, mm. depending on how many other people are sure. running in your riding. Mm-hmm. And so popular vote numbers don't or rarely ever really give you an idea of how many votes or how many seats are ended up being held in parliament because you don't need to win a majority in a riding to win the riding. Likewise, you don't need a majority overall popular vote to have a majority government. And the Liberals promised that this would be the last election in which the the first-past-the-post system was used. That was one of their campaign promises. Hmm. And they will be trying to form a all-party committee that will be looking at different electoral reform methods. Right. That was one of their promises that I mentioned last week. Hmm. I was just watching a a video as some uh, post-election coverage on the CBC, and uh, they had had an analyst on there who was saying that if... Under a proportional representation system, the Green Party would have actually gotten 10 seats uh, rather mm. than one. Uh, I believe the Liberals still would have won. Yes. But yeah. Actually, I have the seat count if proportional representation existed. Oh, Do, oh read it Based out. Based on the percentage of popular vote, the Liberals would have 131 seats. The Conservatives which have, would have 108. The NDP would have 67. The Bloc would have 16. And for the Green, I calculated 12 12 seats. 12 seats, which was the goal of the Green Party going into it as well. They, they projected between 10 and 15 seats. Yep. Now, under first past the post, would they, would they need to reform what it means to have a majority, or would that stay? It, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? Like, um, we would have, um, yeah, like that's, that would be really, really Just interesting. Just because it would seem much less likely, With the numbers, I think, than a, that any party, individual party would receive 170 seats unless it really was, you know... Unless it actually was first past the post across the country, right. which which, I, which yeah. is the point, right? And which there definitely was not going into today, going into uh, the election on Monday night. Um, but by that, the Liberals still would have had a minority government. Yes, they would. Okay, but under a different system than first past the post, many people think that we might never have a majority government unless there was very strong support for right. one specific party, which has happened in the past, but not. Very definitely not all the time. No. No, I'd imagine not. Now, lots of people, um, even those who, who would have hoped that the Greens or the NDP would have gotten in, you know, there's there's a strong sentiment of at least Harper's gone. Um, however, I, I he read some people on Twitter uh, saying like, well, we went for the most mediocre option. This is a middling government. <laughs> this is, you know, a half step down. This isn't a full step for change do you have any what do you what do you how would you guys respond to that saying that you know uh just like obama in the states in the 2008 yeah 2008 election you know people thought there was going to be big changes and then it kind of turned out that he's more of a right-wing democrat um what do you guys think that's definitely a sentiment that's been felt by a lot of people that Mm -hmm. i've spoken to 
A lot of people that I know say that they would love to vote for the Greens, but they didn't want to because they felt like they would be completely throwing away a vote. Right. And so then they ended up voting for the Liberals. And actually watching Peter Mansbridge last night, they interviewed a Green candidate, and he had said that many of his friends had told him, I would have loved to vote for you, but I had to vote for somebody who would actually have a chance of winning. People said that to Elizabeth May also, as she was saying in her home riding, which is also quite astounding. That, yeah. I think there's a, a quote here I'm going to pull up that is going to sum this up okay. perfectly. Um, we're going to wait for it. Da, 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 da. I was very actively tweeting yesterday, <laughs> so I have to wait for my feed to load. Um, here, I hate that we are probably going to lose a lot of great community-minded regional politicians in in service of ending a national nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, that was a sentiment of lots of people. Lots of people just said anything about Harper. Right. Anti-Harper. Harper's got to go. Learn the ABCs. And that was all that lots of people really wanted to come out of this Mm -hmm. election, which could be argued that it's democratically irresponsible, not voting for Mm -hmm. who you actually want to. But that was just the sentiment that lots of people had going into this election. And it showed and clearly worked as Harper not only lost his seat in the PM, but is likely to step down as head of the Conservative Party as well. Well, I think that was a bit of a foregone conclusion. If right. he didn't win, he was going to step down. That's pretty... Yeah, nobody yeah. nobody, nobody stays wants... on as party leader after uh, losing an election. <clears throat> yeah. That's, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, anyway, I felt that... Th- did you watch the concession speeches at all, Micah, between uh, the, the the leaders? I watched Elizabeth May, and that was it. That was it. She talked about how she would have loved to have more seats, that she was looking for 10 to 15 right. representatives, and that people told her that they just felt like they couldn't vote for her, which is too bad. I didn't watch the other concession speeches. Okay. Well, Tom Mulcair spoke first, um, and he was still smiling as broadly as Tom Mulcair can. Never but it looks like it's, He looks like... <laughs> And he was very, very con- conciliatory. He was, he, he, I think he used the actual liberal like uh, slogan a couple times in his <laughs> in his concession speech. So it seemed like he was just he was. It seemed like he was still happy that there was change coming in Ottawa, even if it wasn't he that would be taking over. Let's talk about the the collapse of the NDP a little bit. What what were the factors that you saw that led into that? There's a lot of NDP seats that. Um, that were given up. Um, some prominent NDP, some prominent NDP uh, mm-hmm. MPs lost their their seats. I can think of uh, Megan Leslie in the East. Uh, she's like one of the deputies to Tom Mulcair and a champion for climate change, but lost out to the Liberal candidate in her riding. Pat Martin here in Winnipeg. Oh yeah, he was served since 1997, and uh, he lost his seat in Winnipeg Centre to Robert Falcon Um What do you see? What? How would you categorize the the, the collapse of the NDP and? maybe some of the factors behind that yeah it's definitely interesting how they lost so much this election even tom Mulcair in his own riding was was very close to the liberal candidate behind him uh at some points i thought wow what if tom Mulcair didn't even win his riding eventually he won by a a few percentage points of a margin but for a while he was only trailing by tens of votes or he Mm -hmm. was only ahead by tens of votes so even in his his own riding the ndp were close to not having a win and in in pat martin that was one of the writings that i was especially surprised about being so Mm. close to home that pat martin who's been there for so long uh didn't end up winning his own writing and that could be just because he's a bit of a character (laughs) and people just 
wanted somebody else. But I think he's quite salty in his uh, in his tone and his yeah. language a lot of the time. For There's those who don't know Pat Martin, kind of just a new red wave, the Red Army, maybe. Yeah, that's I was gonna say the Red Scare. The Red. I was um, thinking the Red Scare too, but I decided to go for Red Army. I'm sure that we'll be hearing some back ads <laughs> to that effect in the next four years. Mm. Oh so, yeah, uh, but I think a lot of it had to do with people were under the impression that they had to vote for the Liberal Party to make a difference. That seemed to be a perception of a lot of people mm-hmm. that I heard from. And only People might still be worried about putting the NDP in a federal government. It's never happened before. They've had lots of provincial governments, but they've never had a federal government. And people might still be worried about putting the NDP into a federal position. Sure. Now, for the people who are concerned about about the liberal majority, saying that's kind of a mid-link step, I'm just wondering, like, uh, people were talking about in the event of a, a liberal or NDP minority that, that a coalition would be necessary just to, or sorry, in the event of a conservative minority, um, that a coalition might be necessary or, or called for in order to, you know, <laughs> mitigate facilitate some change but now that the liberals have a very strong majority in terms of seats um the ndp and the greens really have no reason to cooperate with with the liberals and so you know that that could provide some accountability for um not just letting them be complacent in in their new position of power yeah, and we'll definitely have to be looking out for what will actually happen with this new government. I don't think I think it's too early to say with certainty whether or not it'll change as much as they have spoken about. Mm-hmm. We still will have to see what ends up going on. And with the majority government for the Liberals, a lot of things could happen. They had a long list of arguably very good reforms. And so we, we will have to see how quickly they actually get through that list. On those reforms, there are lots that they are intending to affect immediately, including the uh, scrapping of the F-35 fighter program, um, calling an immediate inquiry into the missing and murdered Indigenous women um, issue. And the, already they're in, looking at inserting the tax breaks for the mm. middle cra- class that they uh, touted so highly during the campaign run. Um, maybe mostly to combat the narrative of the economy the conservatives are putting out there, but it looks like they are poised to do some things fairly quickly as well. Can you speak a little bit about, uh, because they have a majority, how, how easy is it for them to actually implicate these, or implement these, these changes? Can, it, can they be done you know, within three, four months? Can we see things being vastly different, or will it be a more of a slow process? Well, that's assuming on how much liberal MPs are willing to follow the party and how much they believe in the platform. The Liberal Party has promised that they will not whip the vote, as in they will not force their members to vote a certain way. They'll have free votes on all things that aren't confidence issues, like budgets, or matters pertaining to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So those, so they've said that on all other votes that they will be free to vote with their conscience. Hmm. So if all the Liberal members are believing that the Liberal platform is indeed the best option going forward, then they will have a strong ability to put forward what they want. Now, obviously, the Senate has been filled with positions 
put in place by Stephen Harper, but the Senate also doesn't often reject proposals. The Senate often makes um, revisions to paper or to um to bills, but they don't often simply just reject them. So I think if the Liberal Party really gets down to it and does what they've promised to do, I think they will have the ability to implement their changes relatively quickly. The Liberals also, uh, as a part of their platform, said that they were going to reform the Senate to move to be an elected system. How Do you have any sense of how that would work? With Would they just end lifetime terms, or how does that work exactly? Well, they can't change the Constitution without opening up the whole constitutional debate that would take forever and would be drawn out. And I think generally people are not ready to open up the Constitution at this point. I think that'll open up a lot. It'll open up more issues than just the Senate if they try to open the Constitution again. But what they... Their method of election that they talked about doesn't have to do with changing the Constitution or the way that senators are technically chosen. They will still be appointed by the Prime Minister, but on the recommendation of popular elections. Hmm. By MPs or by the... By the general public, public. as in you could have, so you could have a referendum for a certain group, and based on the results of that referendum, then the prime minister would appoint that senator. I see. So it still would be officially by appointment, but it would be by recommendation of popular vote. And that skirts Hmm. having to change the constitution. Exactly. Interesting. Um, Last question to you, Micah, before you before you take off um, with your red hair. <laughs> in the red scare, you too, Daniel. I didn't. I didn't realize this. We're is, everywhere. We're everywhere, yeah. man. I should dye my hair. Anyway, <clears throat> I just got a haircut. I could have done it then. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Winnipeg ridings, lots of them went liberal after being under a conservative, mm-hmm. um, under a conservative. Uh, I almost said rule. That's the wrong word. Um, after being <laughs> re- after being represented by the conservatives yeah. for <laughs> for years and years and years. What was the riding? That um, that surprised you the most here in the, in Winnipeg. Uh, I think Charleswood, St. James, Assiniboia, Headingley, mm-hmm. the one in which we are, the one that we located are right, right now. now. It's had Stephen Fletcher for a number of years. Uh, I can't remember if he did two or three terms before now, but for was, quite long time it's been it Stephen Fletcher in South Center. Before Joyce Bateman came in, it was Anita Neville, and she held that seat for the Liberals for a very long time. Right. So in that writing, I'm not surprised at all that it, that went, it went back, back to, to being liberal. Uh, Jim it seemed Car- like a very fairly obvious choice. It seems as though Jim Carr is also poised to take on a cabinet seat if the analysts are to be believed with his okay. experience and his uh, in business and in public service. Well, that would be great living in the writing of a cabinet minister. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, also, Robert Falcon Rutt taking away from Pat Martin. Oh yeah, That's also quite exciting. Yeah, have given his his run in the mayoral election that he he didn't make obviously, but he gained more of a standing, I guess, in the Winnipeg scene. Mm-hmm. He became more of a prominent figure, and so putting him in that riding was a great choice by the Liberal Party, and they managed to throw out Pat Martin, <laughs> who seemed to have some decent support there before oh totally absolutely that's why he was there for such a long yeah. time we also were the site of the closest election in a riding in canada as well in elmwood transcona hmm. and I'm, 
It's, has, have the, has the recount results been released for that yet? I don't, be, I don't know that they have. And I'm not even... And I'm not even 100 percent sure who won now. Now that I think it about was it, it was NDP. It was the NDP, but apparently it was within less than 100 votes. That's so insane. they were recounting it. Okay, that's what I heard this okay. morning. Okay, now at this time I don't believe they have released the. Uh, and the liberal candidate was trailing behind well, the NDP, or was it the conservative? Candidate? I don't know. It was the sure. conservative. It was it was flip flopping all night between okay. the conservatives and the NDP. The liberal was never even, never even a conversation. Oh. But yeah, mostly aside from that liberal or conservative riding. NDP out or in, conservative. Out, sorry, that other one. They, you know, NDP and conservative <laughs> rioting out in the northeast corner of our city. Um, we now have uh, a largely red Winnipeg, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy, and a largely red country as well under oh, the leadership yeah. of our new prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Yep. Thank you so much for coming in today, Mike. Always and a pleasure. Would you like to say that man talks a good game? I'm excited to see what happens going forward. Me too. You and me both. Right on. That was Mike Zerbe, VP Academic here at Canadian Mennonite University, analyzing the historic victory of the Liberal Party of Canada in Monday night's federal election. VP Academic for CMUSC, not the whole school. No, not the whole school. No, VP Advocacy is actually the actual word that I'm supposed to be using there. You know, it's 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 a day where my voice is just getting the better of me, so I say words that sound better in my lower voice. So yeah, as we give Matthew Barron the come hither finger from across the room, he's gonna step up to the mic. He's and we're time here about some sweet, sweet hear about some sweet tunes. Post-election music that we should all be listening to. Ooh, the pressure's on. The come hither. <laughs> that's that's always the better finger to give. Yeah. Joining us right now for Matt's music pick of the week is fifth-year voice student and all-around. <laughs> Not even sure what to say. Taco enthusiast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh that's a renaissance man. Yeah, a renaissance tacos t- are. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's all applicable in this case. <laughs> you can be it all. Matthew um, Barron joining us in the studio. Hello. Thank you, Nolan. Um, <laughs> once, once again. Well, especially today, uh, we get to enjoy a slightly darker and chocolatier uh, tone of voice from. Nolan Kaler here. Um, yeah. Oh man, there's just you know, there's so much great music out there. Yes, there um, is. First of all, let's let's get to that in a second. But first of all, did oh, you watch the election? I yesterday? absolutely watched the election. Um, yeah, at my my local uh, my at, local at spot. The HD. Uh, uh, yes. Ooh. Well, the uh, well, no, uh, actually, not the HD. Not the HD. Uh, f- they were also doing it up real nice uh, with election mm. coverage on the big screen. But I was at the Goodwill. Oh, oh right. The yes. Other the other one. The, the GW. GW. <laughs> yeah, the GW. Not the HD, but the GW. Sure. Oh, it was electrical in there. It was mm. uh, packed, hot, sweaty, uh, lots of cheering and sure. jeering and uh, <laughs> amusing drink specials you were telling me about. Yeah, the, uh, the one representing Trudeau was the... Uh, it was called the Son of Caesar. It was a small. <laughs> it was a small Brilliant. Caesar. Um, That's really funny. <laughs> very delicious, spicy. Wow. And the uh, the that conservative one was old stock Canadian whiskey. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> old stock. Old stock. What was, it, what was the uh, green? What was the green drink? Oh, I can't remember. I imagine it was something uh, cucumber water. Cucumber. That's my that's my guess. Brilliant. Just a cucumber. Ethically sourced gin and yeah. cucumber. Yeah. That's funny. What yeah. is 
the song of the week, Matt. Oh, song of the week. Uh, the well, I picked it um, mere seconds ago. Okay, fresh I was, trash. Yeah. fresh. I was hard pressed to find something that was relevant to uh, the election results. Wow, uh, sure. So. Uh, this is a tune by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. They oh, hail from Portland, Oregon. Sure. Uh, their latest album, Multi Love, uh, that was released this year, is one of my favorites uh, on the indie music scene. Sure. And it features a lot of lush, uh, slightly lo-fi '70s Ooh. sounds sure. that I'm sure you will enjoy. I'm sure It'll soothe your soul just like Nolan's voice. <laughs> I'm sure Pierre Elliott Trudeau also jammed out to this sort of style in the 70s, mm. so now it's appropriate that we're bringing it back. Yes, and mm. uh, there is, you know, there's some relevance here in the lyrics. Uh, you know, there's a line that says, did your doctor prescribe me for what ails you? <laughs> now, uh, now I've just got a good mental image in my head of Justin Trudeau as a doctor. You know, is he going to be what the doctor ordered? Will he? Uh, yeah, we'll see what what he does to uh, is he? Yeah, to fix our ails. Fair enough. So let's stay tuned. Let's stay tuned to that, and we'll stay tuned to the song. What is the actual song title that you're playing today? It's called "The World Is Crowded." The world is crowded by Unknown Mortal Orchestra here on Wittenberg Radio. Hit it, Daniel. Crowded, oh, oh, did 
Oh yeah, Unknown Mortal Orchestra with The World Is Crowded here on Wittenberg Radio. Thank you to Matthew Barron, Year 5, still alive for his music pick of the week as always. That was awesome. I like the soul vibe in that. That yeah. was really, really fun. Oh, I'm definitely going to check that the rest of that album out. It's really cool. Um, I feel like my style of voice is also uh, fitting in that sort of a, <laughs> oh yeah, that was Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I feel fully adequate, I feel adequate to uh to introduce them now at something or in a late night radio maybe they'll ask you maybe they'll ask me call them up open pitch to you on no more orchestra (laughs) well the uh more exciting things have been happening here on campus as well as off campus the men's and women's volleyball teams were both in action this weekend in ontario men's volleyball was in toronto and women's were in niagara i believe uh they're both actually toronto so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but Men's volleyball uh, did not fare as well as they would have hoped. I don't think they. Um, I don't think they collected a win this whole weekend. So better luck next time, guys. Um, we'll get them. It's early. You're warming up. We get it. Uh, women's volleyball also looking to improve on this weekend. Although they did pick up a win over uh, Fan Fanshawe, I believe is how it's pronounced. So well done to the women um, for that one win. And again, we're warming up the season, so. Get the losses out of the way now, so which means we can win a couple of MCAAC championships uh, later on in the year. Also, uh, men's and women's soccer was in action. Uh, the women took down uh, Providence with a 1-0 win, and men's soccer took a 3-1 win over Prov as well. So well done to you guys on the soccer teams, and the basketball teams are hoping to pick up as well. So congrats to the CMU Athletics, and um, other events that are coming up are the um, other Cop School of Business uh, student Association Barbecue, which is happening right now, I believe. It's happening over the lunch hour, so maybe if you've heard this, it's already too late. But they are providing hot dogs and uh, hot dogs for a buck, and that's happening on the lawn between the North Campus and the Marpec. Also, if you're an English student and you're looking for some practicum information for English students, uh, that's happening. Uh, there's an English Students Association meeting for that Thursday, tomorrow at noon, in the seminar room at Marpec Commons. And uh, if you have questions, you can email Alex Thiessen at TiessenAl at student.cmu.ca. You are listening to Wittenberg Radio, and that's actually going to wrap up the show for this week, I believe, yeah. unless there's anything which there isn't. So, uh, as always, you can catch up with us online. We're at Wittenberg Radio on Twitter. Our Facebook page is Wittenberg Radio. You can email us anytime with your thoughts, questions, feedback. Um, yeah, what else can they send us? Subscribe on iTunes. Recipes sound great. Subscribe on iTunes, as always, to this podcast. It comes right to your iPhone or iTunes account every week. So, without further ado, for Wittenberg Radio, my name is Nolan Kaler. I'm Daniel Friesen. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council. 